Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, episode 26. Are you bored with D&D? This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome. It is five o'clock. That means we have punched out, pulled out, and bellied up to the bar at the Old Timer Tavern. We have our drinks in hand, and uh, we're going to get down to talk Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Rob, aka Lantern Noir, um, and I am joined to, as I am every week at the bar by Rootin' Tootin' Graybeard. Woo! No, uh, <laughs> Graybeard, Graybeard's Tavern. <laughs> Funny, funny. You should uh, you should open with that because I I had a long conversation at one o'clock in the morning with a player who's in my Saturday game uh, mm. because he made a character that is a gunslinger mm-hmm. without telling me. He's like, "Is this gonna be okay?" And I'm looking like, uh, "Where did you get any of? Th- oh, Critical Role. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. Let me um let me talk a little bit about how I handle firearms. He's like, "I'm just gonna make a new character." Oh, <laughs> I felt back. Like I was kind of geeked for the because a, a rifle does like two d ten damage. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a lot of damage. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it takes a combat round after you fire it to reload it, and it's a full combat round. So like you could yes. get interrupted. I'm like, this will be really cool because yeah. now it's like someone's gonna get tied up trying to break his concentration. That makes dynamic combat. Yes. And he's like, no, yes. I don't want to be a bother. Oh, dang. Grr, grr. Um- <laughs> I, we, uh, we had a very, very short lived campaign over on, uh, Solution Gaming and, um, I had a goblin, um, gunslinger that was like that. And the. Oh, no. Uh Oh, all right. Well, stay tuned folks. We're going to work through the, <laughs> oh. oh, you're back and recovered. Oh, woo. All right. Okay. You had a goblin, the, goblin gunslinger who. Oh yeah. So we had a tabaxi swashbuckler, and <laughs> and this goblin with the sniper rifle who was like always in the crow's nest, you know. And fun. So you know, it was it was it was cool. It was very short lived, but very very fun. See, I think there's a lot of potential, but I like the idea of limit because the the rules that I see for the rifles are designed around a modern, um, you know, take a shot, rechamber it. Mm-hmm. And that's very different than like a, a, a muzzle loader. Right. Because I yeah, mean, yeah. You, you can't fire and reload a muzzle loader as an action bonus action. That's just not happening. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I think we talked about this before. Yeah. A couple that, weeks ago. That yeah. They, they, you know, when you, when you start to twist it a bit and turn it into magic and, and, yeah. and some other stuff, then, then you're all right. Um, the uh now again to what what is it is it six to eight seconds or something that that you know civil war veterans could could reload four rounds per minute within as a as a as a company yeah so 30 men coordinate so you might you always have to go by the lowest right the slowest guy in the unit determines how fast the company can can fire yeah but um the idea was there are 12 beats and mm. a, a good soldier could complete one beat per second right was oh, considered nice. adequate right, right so right, that's right. at 12 second mark 
Right. So um, two rounds to reload, fire, yeah. two rounds, reload, I fire. Nice. I didn't say one load, one round to reload because it's dramatic. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You're, and you're doing double the usual damage that somebody else would be doing at range. So I figure it kind of like balances mm-hmm. out. You get your 2d10 plus two every other round. Yeah. I think yeah, that's in- balanced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, that's 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 amazing. Uh, actually, I think I think that's pretty cool. Um, and some of the rules that they have again uh, currently, mm-hmm. the damage is less. Right. And so, okay, it's crossbow damage. Mm-hmm. It's just reskinned crossbow. Fine. You know, let's if you if you're having fun with it, uh, go for it. You know, I have a brace of pistols. <laughs> Huck those two and grab two more. Yep. You know. <laughs> So we were this week. We were going to sit down okay. and we were yeah, going yeah. to talk about um, our favorite board games when we can't play Dungeons and Dragons, which is going to become highly relevant in the house tonight because mm. my teen has decided mm. they're not feeling well, and tonight oh. was supposed to start the family D and D game. Oh. And uh, we finally pinned down that we were going to play um, the Lost City, good old mm. B four, I think it is. Maybe it's yeah. B one, but it's like they, they they reskinned the original first edition yeah. publish. And I picked it up on a hard copy. I'm like, okay, you know what? It's a classic dungeon crawl through an ancient pyramid with traps. And I get to use all my new 3D printed terrain. Because I, I have all the dungeon <laughs> stuff now. Nice. They're like awesome. they're like the Dwarven Forge. And I'm like yeah. really excited. And then like I, I checked on them at dance and he's looking really bad. Uh, so he's probably they're probably going to bed early, which means the the wife and the kidlet and I are gonna go, okay, now what? Hmm. Um so we'll probably play a board game. Yeah. So this is our time to, we said, how, how timely is it? What, what are the board games <laughs> that we can grab when the group says we're not role playing this week? We're doing something else. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to kick off? Um, so uh, I, I, I'll go first because okay. there's, there's, there's a billion of them. We used to do a board game night. Uh, mm. Like every Sunday was like board game night. Um, this was pretty much when the the girls were young too young to really be playing much of anything or to anything to hold their attention for more than you know an hour mm-hmm. um so they would do their thing and then me and the you know my my grognard bros uh would all get together and um we'd bust out um you know i mean we have so <laughs> there is a glass cabinet in the in the living room that is full of board games as it should be and then there are the shelves behind me (laughs) that are full of board games and then there is another separate closet that is full of the uh, we rarely ever play these board games (laughs) so there you know there's just a few around um but uh, I know you're going to bring up a certain one, so I'll leave that uh, <laughs> aside for now. One of the ones we like to play is the uh, Star Wars. Oh, I should have looked up the stupid name on it. It's a miniatures game. It's basically like um, it's like Descent. I think it's Legion. I think it's Star Wars Legion. Anyway, uh, it's um you know it's got scenarios and all this well my little my brother got really into it i'll I'll look it up 
when when you're okay. talking. Well, just to make Legion sure. is the miniatures based game where it's okay. like more like Warhammer ish. Oh no, that's and not then the one. There's Star Wars um, Imperial Assault. Bam, that's okay. the one. Imperial Assault. I totally blanked on it. I should have. That's okay. I should have went to my mind palace and looked at the boxes. That's okay. Uh, so we, uh, when my well, when my brother was like out of work, I kept. Um, I, I for Christmas we we went hog wild and we bought some of them for him and because he was painting them and stuff and ah. then he was he was then he got really into it and he you know totally exploded and made terrain and you know painted and made all the figs and so we had really gorgeous games of Imperial Assault um, and it used to be like a it was good for when we couldn't like role play or whatever, because you could still role play and stuff because there's characters to play uh, you generally on both sides, depending on the scenario, you know, because, uh, you know, I'd be like the Wookiee brawler and, uh, you know, someone would be the Jedi and uh, the scoundrel and, you know, all the characters are there. So now, do you level um, up like do, do the characters level up over time or is it something where it varies per scenario? If if you're playing a campaign, which we were, uh, you you level up over time. So then, you know, we had little baggies that we would put all the, <laughs> you know, this is my my character and equipment and stuff are random too. They come up on like cards and things. So your your character, you build your character as you go, and it wouldn't, you know, your character wouldn't be the same all the time, and so it would be. Uh, it would be nice because then you could, uh, you know, you could you could make some choices and be like, ooh, and and the scenarios I appreciated them because you could tell they were highly play tested uh -huh. because they're almost every one of them is like a nail biting squeaker for you know who's gonna win this week you know, and um, total kudos to my brother because he always played the empire. Uh, for us and we always got to like uh me and sam the eagle and muddy and stuff we we always got to be the uh the the good the good guys so as one so, should yeah. be from time to time yeah cool and that sounds like it's very similar in play to the one i was gonna i'm gonna open with as my my go-to for if you're not playing dungeons and dragons and you want to put a board game on the table um is one of the many Dungeons and Dragons adventure board games. Um, I started with Ravenloft. My mother bought it for me. I think I mentioned that some weeks ago where she she didn't want to buy me video games. Mm -hmm. And and I said, well, I don't have a lot of friends to hang out with right now. Things are really busy. So she bought me it because it plays from one to five. And she was very excited I could play by myself. Because mm. um, my mother still worries about my number of friends. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm 46. And my mom is still worried that I have a hard time making friends. Um so, yeah, well, you know, this is also the woman that turned to me at church after communion when I was 15 and said, you know what? We're going to see the dermatologist this week. Get your acne <laughs> cleared up. Get you a girlfriend. Finally. <laughs> like, yeah, mom. That was the time. You're right, mom. That's that's the thing that's holding your son who plays Dungeons and Dragons and studies for math class back with girls. It's his acne. Yeah. OK. Uh, anyway, I, I do appreciate the declaration. Oh, okay. that's it. That's You're it. 15. We're doing now it. Now's the time. At church, after communion, <laughs> like while we're waiting for the rest of the service to continue. Like, my mom's got weird timing. Uh, but 
Um, I like it because it is, it's very similar, I believe. I think Imperial Assault learned a lot from the evolution of the D&D board game. Um, there have been a lot of these. Ravenloft, I think, is the first that, that came out. And it's pretty much just, like, scenarios. The later ones, because I also own Temple of Elemental Evil, um, hmm. is designed to be campaign -y. Do this first. Yeah. And then, based on how it goes, shuffle these cards into the treasure deck. Oh, And then, sweet. based on how it goes for the next scenario, shuffle these cards into the monster deck. Right. Um, so it's a little more um, legacy card game without yeah. being, okay, this happened, tear these cards up. <laughs> exactly. Which I, I will never recommend a legacy card game ever because I right. find that mechanic so troubling. The idea of of destroying a game's replayability, even if even if I know I'll never play a game more than once because I just don't have time to, mm -hmm. I still cannot bring myself to permanently I... deface the game. I think that's just a weird, it's a weird decision made worse when they said, "Well, we'll sell you a refresh packet so you can set your your legacy game back to its original state if you want to for another eight dollars." Yeah, the we so we, uh, Sam the Eagle really 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 wanted to play pandemic legacy hmm. but he was like i will only buy this if if we, play we are it. playing it yep <laughs> and so we were we were like we're playing it and i i don't want to give any spoilers but it got weirder and weirder and and very took some great turns that i never expected from it and kudos cool. to e everyone out there for not spitting up the spoilers yep. and stuff that that would have made it like oh yeah hmm you know i've heard, uh, so. i've heard generally good things about it i think if my principles weren't as they were i would have played it by now um but it's just on my i don't know but but the thing i like about the D, &D ones is that they are set up to be you can always go back to your default settings you can play any scenario you want and it's built around their at least Ravenloft and Elemental Evil were built around 4th edition D&D. So you have your dailies, your encounters, and your, your at-will powers. Yeah. Um, and it plays very smoothly. But you still have that I attack, I roll my D20, I add my numbers, we apply oh, some nice. hit points to things. Um, yeah. It's very simplified. Most things have like two hit points. Right. So if right. you hit it, you half killed it because every, everything by default does one damage. Uh -huh. Um, like superpowers do two, um, mm -hmm. maybe even three if they're meant to be used against bosses. Um, so it's very, <laughs> I mean, it's designed to be very quick too. Yeah. Um, and it has a neat mechanic in it, which I really like. I don't know if it's an Imperial Assault, but if you don't, ex there's no like resting. If you don't yeah. explore, more stuff shows up. Oh yeah. So you have to keep moving. You have to yeah. keep at it all the time um which yeah. is neat i like that mechanic in a game where there is no well let's just take a turn and collect our wits yeah it's like you, there's that pressure to keep the game from dragging on yeah in imperial assault again it depends on the scenario but most of the time the 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 empire player is getting points so he can then if you're not doing stuff you know he's collecting points and oh look we just put a you know, a, a droid car blah, down on the board because you didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, I got um, to X points. You're all screwed. What? Yes. Yes. Yep. The, uh, um, 
I do want to mention a game that became before these games. Go for it. That it was it it broke a lot of ground, but was such a monster to play. Descent. Um, Descent was one of the real like you can play D and D, but you know you don't have to play D and D board games. Uh-huh. But you were playing for ten hours. There was it was like no way you were playing for less than ten hours. Uh, it, basically, it's a two-hour game plus another hour or two per <laughs> per player. It just it oh it was so so painful. So it's such a it was fun but painfully slow painfully slow i just looked it up on board game geek they say the playtime is 120 minutes with Mm. a weight of 3.2 out of five yeah if uh is that descent second edition second edition okay that that is a fair statement in (laughs) the the first edition in the original descent like i said who was a precursor to a lot of these like more Mm -hmm. more dungeons and dragony uh type games it 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 was gorgeous, but it was painful. <laughs> so Descent 2 did did do a better job. Cool. And so that's another one where you have your heroes that level up and they mm-hmm. do they level up between scenarios or was it always just one? Um let me think. It was more of a oh uh I think you had to go back to town to level up. Okay. So you, did you I level up like mid game then, or was it between? Yeah, sessions? you oh. could you could get stuff mid game ah. like new powers or whatever, if I'm remembering correctly. Because it was one of those we've o- we only played maybe three times, and it was always we forgot how long the game took <laughs> to play the front. You know, we'd play it, and then we go, "Oh gosh, this is such a long game." It's anyway. it's one o'clock in the morning. We're still going. <laughs> yes, yes. What the heck? <laughs> yep. Oh, awesome. Did you want that one kind of like piggyback? So we, we pulled out three um, different titles of role playing games to the to board games. Kind of in succession. Yeah. Do you want? Is there another one like that you want to recommend, or do you want to change it up um, for your next recommendation? For we're not playing D anD D. We're playing this. Right. Uh-huh. Um. Um. No, I think I'm uh, okay. kind of ready. On, what else is on your table then? Let's just keep keep it going. Um, what you got? So, uh, we had a lot of fun with the. Um, uh, oh my goodness! Yeah, that I I was awake way too late. Yes, um, for those while well, he's trying to remember for those that are that are not on <laughs> uh, the twitters, uh, somebody yeah. who is not me got asked to come to work at three o'clock this morning. Yeah, um, and worked until noon, and yeah. then slept for two hours. And took a couple hours nap. So, um, so, so, bear, bear, give a little bit of credit where you know credit can be doing a little bit of grace where grace is needed. Um, uh, so it's more of a miniatures game, okay. but um, it 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 it's kind of along the same way because it's campaigny. Is Mordheim? It's a Games Workshop game, um, and it's miniatures based. It's a war game, but um, 
but it's very adventure because you have a you have a war band you build and they gain levels and you get equipment and you you got to keep you know people get wounded or killed or taken out and and things happen so it's got a, a lot of story element to it okay um so yeah it's it's another one that um it was one that actually i i didn't play with my usual group it was one that i played with a group in uh up in grand rapids that that were originally war gamers hmm. like old school napoleonic you know 10 millimeter troops thousands of, of minis on the board and you know it eight foot by 10 foot board and you know that kind of thing um but they (laughs) one of their guys got really into like tolkien and and the fantasy stuff and so so we ended up playing a lot of this mordheim and again it's one of those that has um leveling up and uh it's set in the warhammer fantasy world Uh so you can have bretonian knights upon chargers and uh, Auckland hunters with you know blunderbuss sniper rifles and uh, uh, Skaven uh, globledeers with with gaseous grenades and like World War One type uh, gas masks on and they got these poison globes and trolls and everything else. Um, so yeah, that would uh, that would be one of mine to uh, cool. to put out there. The big thing is it's like any GW. It's miniatures heroin. So once you start, it's <laughs> you're buying a lot of minis. <laughs> yes. Well, now speaking of spending yes. a lot of money, another one I would put out there that kind of piggybacks on what we've talked about with these board games, with a kind of like adventure scenarios, is the Arkham Horror board game. And I came in on second edition, and I went all in on second edition. And when I say all in, I mean we had the uh the, the box insert we had four of the expansions uh, mm-hmm. um we actually ended up with two inserts i ended up with with arkham horror the card game because mm-hmm. i had found a board insert that i really liked but i didn't order it right away so i kind of hemmed and hawed and I went back and i ordered it a day later because it was like insane shipping the insert was like 20 bucks the shipping was 30. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, it's 50 bucks, but I'm going to get 50 bucks of value out of it because I, I want to play this. And what the biggest thing about that kept me from playing Arkham Horror was the setup breakdown time. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'd clicked on the wrong link and I'd ordered the board insert that they produced for the collectible card game. Um... And they're in England. So it was already on a ship when I realized the mistake. Um, and they said, well, well, we'll do a return, but you have to pay return shipping. Mm. And I looked at it and I went, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm keeping this. Um, hmm. Hmm. And then they came out with third edition for oh. the board game. And I was like, oh, great. All right, fine. I guess And I, I hemmed and hawed and I didn't get it for a while. And then yeah. I broke down. I'm really glad I did um, because they've gotten rid of the full board. Now it's um, the board they use is made up of. Uh, tiles that are connected with other connecting tiles. So you kind of build the board every time you play. Which means every scenario runs on a different board. And there are some scenarios where you modify the board. So in one of the scenarios, the world is collapsing because the ancient one is coming through and parts (laughs) of the board disappear. And any, any investigators on a board, that piece that has disappeared 
is out. That's so awesome. it becomes this mad race against time to get back to a spot that's safe for you to, to do the ritual to save the universe. Yeah. Um, it's very heavy in RPG elements without being too role play. -y. I mean, you still, you're still making, you're still always making the best tactical decision. You're never going to pick a non-optimal choice quote, because it's what my character would do. Right. Right. Um, but you still have a lot of very strong RPG inventory management, money management, health management, sanity yeah. management, monster fighting. I need to get mm -hmm. this equipment to get these stats up because I'm the person in the party that takes on these kinds of monsters. Um, all of those pieces are there. It comes with five scenarios. I think, no, three scenarios out of the box. There's another two I have in an expansion. And they are choose-your-own-adventure scenarios. Oh, So there nice. are moments where you go, okay, um, I think we're going to do this now. And this is, okay, now find card number 53. <laughs> Follow the directions on the card. Um, or, oh, you did that thing. That means you're finding card number 52. Yeah. And that's a, and there is, I mean, there's once you've done it, you know the outcome, so you can start to plan because some right, scenarios right. you might fail the first time. You're like, let's do it again, but let's see if we can beat it. Or <laughs> let's do it again, but let's make a different choice at this point and see if it's easier. Right. Um, which is just, it's a, I really enjoy it. Um, the horror element is only as bad as you want it to be, mm -hmm. but it is definitely a horror game. So if you read the cards, you can kind of go, okay, that's really creepy. Yeah. That's yeah, really bad. Yeah. I, I've only ever played first edition, and it uh. was... It was massive. Yes. It would cover. It would cover my table mm -hmm. here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it it was it was big, and it it took uh it took a long time, like you're saying, just for setup and breakdown kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's nice to hear that third edition added some other stuff. So maybe we'll revisit it because we never bought it. We we played it uh, at family camp and went. That's a little too long for our our table. Um, so we uh, so we went with um, Elder Sign uh, and played Elder Sign, and we we loved that one because that one's Ooh, a, you know yes. hour and twenty minutes. Yes, Elder Still Sign get that is flavor. another phenomenal game in mm -hmm. this in the um, Arkham Horror Collection. Yep. Um, that I will definitely recommend. I'm not just going to use my. I'm just going to piggyback. Arkham Horror mm -hmm. to recommend Elder Sign. Yeah. That's another good, if you're not playing D&D, this is a great game. Um, yeah. It's also a good gateway game, I think, mm -hmm. in the sense of if you have something you want to get to your table as a role to, to do D&D, &D, you yeah. might get them with this game yeah. and get them thinking about, wouldn't this be cool if like you could keep this character? <laughs> uh, because it's basically Yahtzee. Mm. Right, if you think right, about right. it, it's Yahtzee <laughs> meets role-playing game meets board games. Um, yeah. and, it's, and there's an app version that is an mm. almost perfect recreation of the tabletop game. It yeah. takes some liberties because it's an app. Mm -hmm. um, I actually think it's a little bit easy. Yeah, I've won it quite a, Once you figure out the right collection of investigators, I've, I generally win it. Mm. Um, at least on the, the scenarios I play. I don't play the hard scenarios. Right. <laughs> um, uh, 
it's on Steam sale right now. It too, is, by the way. Um, so that's, oh. if you if you want to if you wanted to pick it up, I don't know if it's an app version or if it's the board game version, but it's been on my wish list for a while. And before the sale ends here on Friday, I it's it's on my to grab list is to uh, so that we can. I'm we can looking now. It. This looks like it's the phone app. It's Elder Sign Omens, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, I don't show it's on sale on my screen, but it's only six bucks. Nah. So nah. if it is, I, if it's not on sale, six bucks is still, I think, totally yeah. worth it. Like um, I said, I knew it was under ten because yeah. that was my, you know, I'm cheap. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. I hear you. I, you know, now so. that you come, I might actually snag it on Steam so I can play mm. it on stream. Yeah, because uh, it's another one of those like really fun, really light, really easy to encourage back seating on. Um, so and, it's a good one with chat. And and the thing is, too, is the, the characters are so easy. They're so character. They're so, like, deep and stuff that, mm-hmm. that, that you know, this Elder Sign is one of those that we always role play, mm-hmm. you know. I am the nun. I would never do that, you know. Or, <laughs> and, uh, you know, or I'm the gangster. See, I got two guns, so I fight the monsters. Um, you know that it it's so such a good role play kind of thing. Um, but uh, what, what we got mentioning um, Risk as a board game mm. that's kept interest, and that's that is a board game I can understand the attraction to. And if we were doing a broader talk about board games we enjoy. I would. I have a list of games where it's like, oh, you like Risk. Have you considered? Uh, but we're trying to focus on if our D&D group is opting into a board game for the evening, what are the go-to games for that population? I'm not sure Risk or its various um, uh, cousins would be my, on my high on my list for that particular population. Um, but I can respect that it's a very popular game. And even Risk Legacy kind of blows my mind as a game that came out of like Mm -hmm. really you made a legacy version of risk 2024 or something like that too there's 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 a billion walking dead as a risk version um yeah yeah well well, we played i played a game of oh now we're going to talk about risk um i guess uh plants versus zombies risk <laughs> uh, my son my, my kid and i the teen and i played it at a, a game shop where they yeah. had a, the big game library available we went up there to hang out and because mm-hmm. it was up by my in-laws and we we said let's go check it out and they had the battle tech pods and everything and we're like let's pick out a board game and and they went over and like let's try this board game I'm like okay let's try that board game whatever we're why not yeah. there's a bunch to pick from let's try it and we played it and went we don't need to buy it but that was interesting <laughs> so he had a lot of fun with that quick aside quick that aside. shop you're talking about yep that has the battle tech pods yep they they come every year to marmalade dog yep and with your entry fee to marmalade dog you can you can play battle tech pods all weekend oh that's a no good no deal. six no six bucks a pop or nice. whatever to, to for 10 minutes it's once you got your badge and you're in uh my eldest <laughs> My eldest house elf. That's all she does <laughs> when we go to Marmalade Dog. She just plays, gets out, gets back in line. <laughs> plays, gets out, gets back in line. Yeah, I, if we if we Loves get it. over there for that con, we're gonna have to introduce the half elf to the teen, mm-hmm. and then we can just check to make sure they're being appropriate later. Because I don't think yeah. I think they're gonna be fine. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They it's really a great little con, not cool. to get sidetracked, but but the kids all just kind of group up mm-hmm. and they all just play together. Yep. Like, you know, so it, it's amazing. Sounds cool. But, uh, um, tactical. We'll see if we can bring some tactical in, uh, um, aspects into the games. Um, because a lot of the ones I would pick, I'll start racking my brain. We've already talked about a couple of games that have a tactical element, but a lot of the mm-hmm. games I would turn to now, I think it's actually Graybeard's uh, turn, because oh, we've been talking right. Arkham Horror games, Yeah, um, which is technically my fault. Um, mm. But I'll see if I can think of more games that I would bring to the table that are tactical, um, but they're still that, we're not playing D&D, we're playing this. Okay, so my next one, uh, again, that I was introduced to it at family camp, mm-hmm. and um, it it's um, Dead of Winter, <sighs> Zombie Survival, and, yes. and oh, we've played so much of Dead of Winter, because there's so many great characters. Yes. I, it was so fun, because friends of mine who know me from online played it for the first time and they pulled the character graybeard because <laughs> there's actually the character graybeard yep. in it and and they freaked out and snapchat and sent me a thing you know like oh hey, you're in the game and i'm like yes i am i'm a pirate and that's the best part is because my original graybeard par- character was a dwarven barbarian pirate and so uh so yeah um <laughs> very very apropos and and tons of fun and that game is it's a nail biter it's just so good it's just such a good now game. It's, what's cool with it too is that it also comes in a co-op and a competitive mode and the mm-hmm. competitive mode has a hidden traitor element right so that you can play it strictly co-op but then your win conditions are higher because yep. you are you all are working as a team it's easier to win in theory Mm-hmm. If you're playing competitive, because you you are working, you're working down a person. One person's actively working against you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a really it's an interesting it's a survival horror game, basically of base management. Yeah, that's how I would describe you, it. Yeah, because you have your colony, and it is worker management, but also with a risk element because. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if you have and you get multiple characters throughout the game or you can Mm -hmm. get multiple characters throughout the game. So then you're like, oh, man, I I love you, Greybeard, but we really need some canned food. Go to the grocery store, buddy. And so you you send your little guys out on missions and stuff. And it 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 really is uh, just fantastic. And because there's God, there's got to be like. 60 plus characters there's just it's just a it's a substantial deck especially with the expansions yeah there's just such a boatload of characters that that you can have such interesting personalities and things going on and then with everybody having their own uh win condition you know because you all have you can all have uh competitive win conditions that Uh aren't against you know that don't have the traitor in it you just all have your own kind of thing that you want to want to succeed so multiple people can actually win the game competitively as you win as a group so yes um yeah yeah, it's amazing it sounds a little heavy at first um Mm -hmm. i have played it multiple times in small groups and i have generally had success 
mm-hmm. um, teaching the game relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that. It's also, again, on Board Game Geek, it has a Watch It Played video with Rodney mm. Smith, um, yeah. which I don't know what the time is. I want to say it's probably under 20 minutes. And anytime mm. I see a game on Board Game Geek that has the, the Watch It Played with Rodney on it, who, by yeah. the way, you can get as a card. Oh, <laughs> There is a Rodney Smith character card for Dead of Winter. He's dressed in a Mountie uniform. I think it's like Sergeant Rodney Smith or something like that of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah. Um, because he's Canadian and and really cool about it. Um, but anytime I see that, I'm like, this is good because if you know you're going to, like, this would be a good game if I knew we weren't playing D&D on a given night. I could email everybody or send a quick text. Everyone put this on in the car on your ride over. Right. Listen to it because yeah. we're going to play it. He's going to go through the basics of the game. You don't need right. to watch. Just yeah. hear it so you've heard everything one time. Then I'll teach it when we get here. We could totally play it yeah. with just that much prop. And I think yeah. I think I would I would still do better than everybody because I know mm. the rules better. But I think we'd yeah. also have a good time with it. It's a great game. Yeah, and again, with the co-op nature, it really does, you know, because you, you're not, then there's no pressure to, to oh, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing I I hate more than going to, like, a, a convention, playing a board game, and then asking a question, and people being like, well, you know, you're supposed to know the rules. <laughs> And, and or you know sitting there watching you make dumb moves or something and i just oh that's just so aggravating to me I, I i'm too too much of a dm and too much of a dad you know i and 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 i have buddies even before i had kids who hated playing video games with me because I, I would compliment. I'd be like, oh, dude, that was so awesome. That was a great combo. How'd you do that? And they would be like, shut up. It's like playing with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, because yeah, I always wanted that. I always wanted that, uh, you know, that Bushido blade, you know, total samurai. I always wanted my opponent to be the best they could because then that would make me the best I could be. You know, you always pick was... a tennis partner who's slightly better than you. Uh-huh. Yep. It's the only it's way to get better. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Push the limits. I hear you. I'm going to shift gears then away from com- sure. com- com- from cooperative to completely competitive. Nice. My All next right. recommendation, if we're not playing D&D tonight, I have mm. two games that I'm going to recommend. This is the first of the two mm. with uh, similar names. This is called the Dragon and Flagon. <laughs> yes. And its primary mechanic is programmed movement. The theme is there is a brawl at the Dragon and Flagon Inn over the Dragon Flagon. <laughs> and and the, the game is it's played on a board. You put out um, you have stand-ups mm-hmm. and you put out little miniature furniture to represent the bar. And then you have a hand of cards that are all, all of your possible moves mm-hmm. and you play them face down. And when your turn comes up, you reveal them, you, you play one face down and then reveal mm-hmm. the most recent card you've played, the next yeah. card you've played in your queue of right. actions. And so it's, it's a very difficult game for those who really like to plan because you're trying to plan for the board state three or four turns later because you might have to wait three or four turns to go again and everyone might not be where you want so if you're a real tactical gamer it's a lot of 
okay, where do I think everyone's going to be in three turns mm-hmm. and how do I plan? Now, my daughter tends to win <laughs> because she just goes, what's around me? I'm going to do things. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, somebody has wandered into her zone of influence. <laughs> So she doesn't like pull the rug because someone's on the rug. She pulls the rug because she's near it and she can do it. Right. And two out of three times, someone has stepped on the rug on their turn and has set this up. Whereas my wife, whom I adore dearly, is like, I pushed the table. Well, there's no one on the other side of the table anymore. Okay, well, oh, 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 oh he's, on, he's on the rug. Okay, I'm going to pull the rug. Uh, yeah, but he, he moved before your turn came up. Um I'm gonna, and it's like, and so she she tries really hard, but it's like, mm-hmm. she it's like that that it, somebody in the brawl has to always be a, a page behind everybody else. <laughs> it seems the, like uh, that mechanic comes from uh, Robo Rally, mm-hmm. the, the game Robo Rally, and and it's so funny that you say that 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 your your youngest plays it that way because my significant other plays robo rally that way because she just hates you know she just hates that all the time you know whatever she's tried to do doesn't happen or doesn't work or whatever and so she just like shuffle 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 lays cards down doesn't even look at them and then just waits till her turn that just starts flipping cards you know and, and it's so funny because she always wants to play the same robot there's one little robot who who is his his story is he believes he's actually hundreds of feet tall and so yeah, he's just this little robot but um yeah anyway so that's a beautiful that's a beautiful mechanic put in a very cool setting i i have never played it but i but i think i know the other game you're gonna suggest so uh yeah, yeah. it's um, well, it's neat too it's a reprint um when it came out in 2016 mm. it was a reprint of the a previous edition that had come out in like 2005 mm. um, because the original edition came with books oh you had little booklets yeah. and you would write down your moves yeah and what turn they were on and then you would call out what turn it is and then you read uh. off so it was one of those where you were um doing a lot of writing and revealing and yeah. then when they reprinted it they reprinted it with the cards right um, which is also kind of neat, um, but the mechanics are just—they're just fun. They're like the only twist to it is it's really designed for. It says on, on, on board game it says best with six players, mm. and the truth is if you don't have at least six miniatures on the board, yeah. you often don't do anything on a given turn. Right. Um, and it even says in the rules if you're playing with with three people, everyone should control at least two other control two heroes. Yeah. So that you just have people bumping into each other all the time. Right. There's always a subject of your, um, <laughs> and even at the four players mark, it still says if you have four players, everyone should have two. Right. So there are eight people in the tavern. It slows the game down a bit, but you get that. Yeah. You get a really heavy brawl of yeah. go ahead, flip the table. You'll probably hit somebody. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I all, now I got to put that on my list. Yeah. So. It's also fun. I love it too because I'll also, when I play it with someone who's new, I'll say, here's furniture. Decorate a tavern for me. Mm. I won't tell you why. Right. And that way, it, 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 there's no risk that I can tweak the board right. in any, any way, shape, or form to favor somebody. Mm. Okay. So, what, what's, what's another good? We're not playing D&D tonight. What do you think we should play? 
Oh, well, I thought you, you had said... Do you want me to go again? Two, well, there was another one with this, and I, I have stuff to say about it. I hope it's okay. the one that I think you're going to I'll just put up. it up there. Sure, sure, um, sure. And that is the infamous Red Dragon in. In, yes. Yes, okay. So we have a lot to say about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the backstory of Red Dragon Inn is mm-hmm. it is a card game, predominantly, where your party of adventurers have finished the adventure, they've gone to the Red Dragon Inn, and now they're drinking. And the, the yeah, chairs. And the goal of the game is to be the last one at the table. Either because you have not passed out from getting drunk, or because you have not run out of money to keep paying for drinks. Exactly. Or you just simply haven't been beat into a stupor. Because <laughs> those are three ways you go out. You either get drunk, you get beat up, or you get all your money taken away by somebody, either through yep. gambling or other nefarious means. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game comes with four different four, four characters to pick from. And then comes all of the expansions and literally dozens of characters of different levels of complexity. Yeah. Um, I, I, we actually have one of the expansions that introduces the chef. Oh. And so in addition to playing cards, she's constantly cooking. Right. And so right. every so often you can go, oh, look, by the way, I finished this thing. Wham, here's a benefit I get now. Um, nice. Which is cool, but it's also like one more mechanic yeah. to add on. So it's a game where if I take it out and say, here, pick somebody, you almost have to say, but but, but don't pick these ones. Right, right, right. It's your first time, these you're better off. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those that's great because I've only ever played the the original box set. But every time I go to uh, my my local brick and mortar, um, it's you know, it always seems like there's another expansion to it. That, yes, you know, so the shelf is you know yay wide of of Red Dragon in uh, uh-huh. add-ons and stuff. So so I could see where that's awesome that they they keep keeping it going and keeping you know something new for it. That that's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 really they've they've put a lot Slugfest have put a lot into it. My only complaint, and it's a small complaint with a representative from Slugfest. Um, I approached them at Gen Con because I was pitching the idea of a a game called I don't remember what I called what I called it. I think mm. I called it S'mores. No. <laughs> and it was and here's here's the shtick. It's all right. the mechanics of Red Dragon Inn, mm-hmm. but instead of drinking, you had you look sleepy cards. <laughs> and you were balancing it was campers that right. were balancing their fatigue versus their getting beat up mm-hmm. um so you weren't making people drink you were handing them you look sleepy cards yeah yeah um, yeah and they weren't gambling for money they were gambling for candy and it wasn't gambling it was i it was truth or dare right so right. It was i dare Camp. you and then you could i double dare you and like triple dare you yeah. and so it had all all the <laughs> mechanics were identical the yeah. biggest difference was that it was just kind of um, cleaned up for the kids because I wasn't really comfortable playing a game with my then seven-year-old right? where she was making me drink until I passed out. Right. Um, and I, I pitched it, and, and the comment was, well, it's a perfectly reasonable game, as is for seven-year-olds. I, I mean, see. they're learning the evils of drink. <laughs> you know, there's only a problem with drinking when you drink too much. And I thought... <laughs> I respect your point of view. 
I strongly disagree, and I'm really disappointed because I really thought this would be a fun game to bring to market. Right. And I can't because right. I don't want to do the work <laughs> of licensing <laughs> or proving that it's different enough. Mm-hmm. Or, um, But that said, mm-hmm. um, now that the teen is old enough that we feel more comfortable playing it with them, uh, yeah. with them it's it's we've had we've had a few games with them early in the pandemic it yeah. was fun it's lighthearted. you don't take it too seriously oh, yeah. um there is definitely room for a gang up on factor oh yeah so you have to play with a group of people that are willing to kind of spread the love yes. or with people that have thick enough skin that when they finally get that like we all know we all know Sam Eagle's going to win this one. Uh, <laughs> and everyone starts feeding him drinks and targeting him with, with damage cards that he's not going to take it too personal. It's like, you do have the most money at the table right now, dude. Yeah. You kind of, you're kind of wearing a bullseye. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny too. When you have, when you have a regular group, it, it really is the, the inner group kind of. Yes. Like I like I said, Muddy usually plays to play and role play it and have fun. I usually do the same kind of thing, um, where I kind of uh, it's not that I don't try to win, but I definitely I definitely yuck it up more than than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Doctor Gear and Sam uh, they they played the game, you know, and, and it's really funny when, um, so one time, one time we played, uh, the game of Thrones, uh, game. Hmm. There's like three of them out there that are yeah. board games, but this was the like tactical take the kingdom, you know, game of Thrones kind of thing. And, <laughs> and, and we were playing with uh, our buddy, Doug and Doug, <laughs> Doug's like to, to muddy, if you don't do X, he's, you know, Graybeard's going to win this turn. And Buddy goes, but I think he'll be a benevolent king. And, 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 yep. and, and Doug was just so just wanted to flip the board, you know, just, you could just see him like, you role playing idiots. This is a board game. Well, and that's the Game of Thrones, the board game, because I have it as well. And it's one of my it's one of my favorite games because it takes the elements of a good tactical of a good area control game mm-hmm. and adds a lot of role play because it's very difficult to win, if not impossible without forging alliances and then knowing the magical moment to break them. Yes. Um, but because it has the rule of if nobody wins outright, it's the most castles wins, it's mm. very easy to turn into a kingmaker game. Yeah. Where I might not think I can win, but I can make, a, I can make, the, I can make the winner. Right, right. So I'm going to pick so-and-so. I want to pick Greybeard to be the winner. Right. And even though I I will technically lose. Yeah. I get to feel good that I was on the winning team. <laughs> um or I know the only reason you won was because of me. Right. Which makes it a tough game with a lot of groups. Right. Because right. it has that like I don't think I've ever played a game of it honestly outside of a three player game mm. where it didn't come down to an element of Kingmaker. Right. Um I I can't think of any that I played it where it really did work out as a clear so and so has won the game 
And we yeah. all work because if everyone works to stop somebody, they usually can't win. Right. Right. And so it it's really funny the the couple times we we played it um it, it, with different people other than like the core those other people have always <laughs> so the very first time we played it some of us had never seen or read game of thrones <laughs> and so we didn't get the gist of it and so they were like well you're house lannister and you're supposed to be this and you're just like and, you're the, and they were trying to impart all that to us and and like I said, some of the times where we played with other people, just excruciating for them because they were the types who are like, you have to X this turn. And you'd be like, man, I don't want to do that right now. I, I caused, I, you know, I, I said there's an alliance. So uh, I, I'm not going to attack him. <laughs> They're like, you just gave him the game. This is garbage. Anyway. Welcome aboard, LB. Thank you for bringing everybody over. You are an amazing individual, and we are happy to have you chilling out with us today. Indeed, we had a raid. Um, so thank you for that. Um, if you're hanging out with us for the podcast recording, um, and you do not know who LB Hack'em'Up is, you have to check them out. They are an amazing content creator um, and role player and dungeon master and a dozen other things on top of that. That I just, I, I just, I can't say enough nice things about them, to be really honest. Um, you know, we've known each other for many, 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 many moons. Um, and, and again, they're a great player. So definitely check them out if you haven't. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, it's twitch.tv slash LB, hack em up. Um, and check the show notes for details to find them because you absolutely should they are good peeps we are talking about the theme for this week for those just joining us um is uh we're not playing D D tonight so what game should we play and we're talking about our favorite board games to put on the table uh when you're not playing dungeons and dragons uh, right now we're in the middle of talking about game of thrones the board game and what i want to add to that is if you do get game of thrones second edition the board game what um, I found is really like a company called Tower Rex. You can find them on Etsy. Makes a board insert for it. And um, it is phenomenal for organization. And, and it does what I think a good insert does, which is you open the box, you take everything out of the box, and you start playing. Mm, and then you put nice. everything back into the inserts. You put the inserts back in the box, and you're done. Right. So there's it's it's all organized by house. Mm. So if you want to be Lannister, I literally hand you the Lannister box. Oh, that's awesome. And it has all the tokens in it, all the cards in it, everything you need to play House Lannister. Nice. Um, it is a gorgeous addition to any um Tower Rex just makes generally very beautiful board inserts. Yeah. Um but for a Game of Thrones board game, I consider that insert almost a required purchase. Because it is so many bits to put on the table. There's just so much stuff to take out and put down that I just, I don't know how often I would put it on the table if right. if I had to do everything in baggies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there is that moment in all board games where you say, we're going to play this tonight. Yeah. And everyone goes, yeah, okay, cool. What's the other? Oh, you're going to love it. It's awesome. And then you start taking things out of baggies. 
Mm-hmm. And after about 20 minutes of this, people start talking about how their babysitter is texting them mm-hmm. because one of the kids is throwing up and then right. somebody else gets a text that they have a flat tire that they have to go change. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there was an, an article that the headline was gamer reassures dinner guests that game will be fun once they finish reading the rules. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is a good plight. A, a, a very horrible thing about board games. And like I said, the thing that, that I'm loving about this day and age is if there is not a video on how to play a game, usually from the company, I generally don't buy it. Because yeah. I, I will, I will stand in the the brick and mortar, uh, you know, an old fanfare there, at the game wall with my phone, and I will look up whether it has a good video for how to play before I uh, before before I start uh, uh, even thinking of buying. Now, do you have any experience with Hero Quest? I'm looking at it right now. Um. <laughs> Oh, it's right there. Okay. What do you think of it as a board game to put on the table? Um, Shadzar just brought it up as a, a game that they would recommend. Um, it is playing D&D. It is one of those. Um, when it came out, it was one of those games that was like, yeah, we're not playing D&D tonight. So because, you know, Chad had a flat tire and his, his, girlfriends throwing up or whatever we were just talking about the reasons you wouldn't you wouldn't show up or whatever uh to the game and we're like oh we can't go to the next you know we don't want to play the next bit without all the players at the table that kind of thing hero quest is an amazing uh substitute for for D D, um or at least it used to be i haven't played it other than on a phone app in in a very long time um but it's really great because the the huge amount of characters again uh-huh. that you can play and <laughs> they used to come and they were like because it's gw was like 30 bucks for a character and they'd come in their own box and you know you'd have to put them together and paint them and everything but but they came with a little card and they came with their backstory and and, and all this stuff that uh made it very cool to have it be your character now, i, I that, would but, say though if this is a game you think you want to get in on you might bear in mind that the the the, for the other games that we've referenced, because of its age, uh, and again, they're talking about there is going to be a new edition coming out someday. Um, mm. The current Amazon price is $300. Ah. So it's definitely a hard-to-find game. <laughs> um, hopefully they do do that reprint that, that Chedzar mentioned, which would yeah. be kind of cool to see yeah. if that, that comes back or not. Um, so that's that's one to mention. There's a few other board games much like it in mm-hmm. that vein of a quick little um, the fill-in. Uh, is there one more you want to, like an honorable mention, you just want to get the title of? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Talisman is another one with uh, a lot of characters, and it, it's a, another Games Workshop type game, so it's it's got that element of goof and over-the-top fantasy and stuff and and the plethora of characters that could come with it was was always a good time that also was an expansion hog where you could eventually you could have space marines running around and 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 with flamers and storm bolters and stuff so it was uh it was big so cool my honorable mention tonight um is going to be dungeon roll 
which I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a, a tiny little game. It comes in a little... Um, oh, wait. No, it's not Dungeon Roll. I'll have to look no. it up. Dungeon okay. Roll is also a cute little one. But it's, Dungeon Roll is, is a really good let's play something fast. Yes. Um, there's another one I can't think of the title off the top of my head right now, um, which I will mention at some point mm. um, on Twitter probably because it'll come to me when I go over and fish yeah. it out. Like Dungeon Deck, Dungeon Roll, and then there's another one made by the Dungeon Roll guys that's just a little more something to it. And... No, it was something that no. was like Little okay. Dungeon or something, but it was one of those you oh. collect your cards and you have to play the cards to beat the monster. It wasn't like Five Minute Dungeon. Mm -hmm. um, but even Dungeon Roll is another quick, easy, it gets the honorable mention as we move into the, the last parts of today's show. Right. Um, so yeah, those are recommendations. Um, if you're not playing D&D, here's a bunch of board games that might do the fit. If you have more ideas that you'd like to suggest, we can talk about them next time on um, at the old, at Happy Hour. We can bring it up. You can send the, your emails with suggestions to oldtimertavern at gmail.com. Or you can hit either myself at Lantern Noir or at Greybeard Tavern, no S, um, with other ideas. Do you have a quick thought, sweetie? Because we're in the middle of the show. Sorry. Um, do you want a berry smoothie? No, thank you. Okay. Um, I'm good still. The, apparently, I have waitstaff in the house that's pushing nice. the berry smoothie special today. Um, and I'm still <laughs> working my way down my, uh, my finish in a maple syrup uh, cask uh, whiskey from Ironfish nice. Distillery. Um but yeah, we should probably get into our email bag. All right. Um, we got an email from NerdRock, spelled G-N-E-R-D-R-O-K-K. Nice. Yes. Um, Rock. With a couple of questions about uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Um, as the years go, the, they, 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 they've kicked us two questions to Muse today for our sure. mailbag segment. All um, right. Question one. What are some aspects from other TTRPGs that you think could be implemented into Dungeons and Dragons. Are there any particular rules or styles that you think could work for D and D in its current state? Um, so uh, the we, I, I often talk about the biffs, the the you know uh, your um, beliefs and uh, uh, ideals and flaws. That uh, a lot of that comes from the uh, burning wheel kind of games and. Um, so I think that those should be implemented harder, put in like they should, it should be more than, it should be more than inspiration or inspiration really needs to up its game in the, in the game. I think that inspiration should be like, like almost like luck points, like okay. just re-roll or roll another 20, even after you, even after you've rolled it. Uh, mm -hmm. Just to make that bigger, bigger and more momentous. Um, so yeah, so like I would say, I would, I would, because in Burning Wheel, those are huge. Um, in some of the uh, play, powered by the Apocalypse games, those same things, uh, the biffs are called hooks, mm -hmm. and and you get experience an experience point for playing role playing one of your hooks. And so you only need five experience points to go up a level. So if you can hit one or two of your hooks in a game session, you've almost got another level. So nice. it really pushes the role play and the, that stuff about your character. Nice. That would be mine. I'm, I'm actually, I was starting to think about nature and demeanor from the world of darkness. 
mm. as an interesting thing to replace alignments. Yeah. Um, which I think would be good. But I also think building on that, I would like to see something like what seventh C does mm. where you have your flaws and you are actively encouraged to sabotage the game by mm. your flaws. Now I say that with the idea that, um, it's not so much like ruin the game, but to make the game more challenging and thus more interesting. Yeah. Because I I don't know if I would want, I understand there are a lot of groups that wouldn't take to it well. Right. You know, oh, I can't believe Greybeard's kicking in his flaw now. He's screwing, you know, we're so close to finishing. Mm-hmm. Why has he got to ruin it? But again, distracted <laughs> by the cute girl. Um, but at the same time, I'd like to see it in the rule book because I know that things like that aren't going to be widely talked about if they're not in Dungeons and Dragons. It is right. the, it's it's the, it's better than, but it's it, it's like Warcraft is the big MMO. Um, right. D&D is the big tabletop RPG. So if they can work in things like that, so that it's easier for players to go, hey, winning isn't everything in an RPG. <laughs> Sometimes it's really good to have some failures because it makes the story interesting. Right. And in a lot of ways, I think that feels that goes back to the idea of maybe doing the nature and demeanor where you're in, you, there's a mechanical advantage to making particular character choices that aren't yeah. limited to the the alignment matrix. Right. They're tied to personality archetypes. Mm. So doing things that are inherently secretive um, and possibly slightly to the detriment of the game is encouraged because at least everyone, you know, you're, you're going to get a bonus that you can use later to help yeah. the party. So right. there's that, it becomes more of a cooperative storytelling game. Um, and I think both of us would both agree anything we could do to keep including and keep improving inclusion right? should yep. definitely be part of the game because that's something that that's been one of the best parts of D&D over the last couple of years is their work to keep making the game accessible so that everyone can sit down and see a part of themselves reflected in the game world as they are. And yeah. then they can decide to what extent they want to be different in this fantasy if they want to be you know if, if they're in a, if they're for example someone who, who uses a wheelchair in real life and they want to have that as part of their game that's a choice they can make and the rules support it and the only thing they have to have different is they can throw fireballs <laughs> and that's totally cool and totally an option um so they can decide on their own to what extent they're using a fantasy rpg to get out of the real world and what extent they're not to what extent right. they want to be themselves. That's all up to them. And I think the more we do that, the better off we are. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Question two. All right. Do you have any... T- I'm going to read their whole question. Do you have any okay. tips for playing online games? I'm looking at joining an online game in the near future and was mm-hmm. wondering if you had any general tips. I'm a relatively shy person. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sending us an, e- an email to a podcast for us to discuss in the open is not exactly a shy move, but we'll trust you on that. And the thought of playing with people who would be initially strangers is a scary one for me, but I'm willing to give it a go. What do you think? I would say, and this is, okay. <laughs> this is the advice I give to people who are seeking a therapist. <laughs> um, if you don't mesh that's okay. That's fine. If you are, particularly when you're new, you might want to play in one shots or, or short shots that are uh-huh. just, you know, five or six. That way, if you're like, oh no, you know, 
Dave over there. I he, way too intense for me. I can't I can't cope or deal or he's he's just not someone I can play with. That way you're not committed to a long thing or you're not three sessions in and you go, I'm out, I'm done, you know, and there's the, you know, a, a, a 12 arc campaign that now has his, has to find someone to fill a seat or something. Um, and, and even if you do get in that situation, don't stay in a hostile situation or a situation you're not comfortable in apologize and, and, and walk away and try again. Don't give up. Don't don't give up. There will be a group out there that you will click with and you're just you're going to be amazed and you will love it. You'll love it. I, I will say, honestly, on the subject of loving it, I appreciate the pandemic is wrapping up. We are, I'm guessing, six to nine months away from 100 percent normalcy, mm-hmm. um, I think, is my gut. Mm-hmm. I am um, not that anxious to dive back into in-person gaming. Now, part of me is like, well, I also saw my bread and butter is online gaming, <laughs> um, having taken over streaming it. Um, but even if I wasn't streaming it, there's so many things about online that I prefer, not the least of which is the commute. Like, it is so nice to not have to clean the house to pack people in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to go to someone's house and then wonder, you know, how much did I put them out by coming over? Uh, mm-hmm. There are no food allergies to worry about. Right. Uh, it's and and it's 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 kind of nice on that front. Yeah. So I definitely think the pandemic has caused a, a, the surge in mm-hmm. virtual gaming. And so so lean into that a bit. Don't be afraid to check out groups because unlike two years ago, it's very normal to play yeah. on Zoom using Roll20 or VTT or Tailspire or in my in case of my games jam board because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know we can just sketch out the map for everybody and then we can follow along um and it works just fine um so don't definitely t- you know and the neat thing is you're not working so hard because you can probably find people on your schedule right and you don't have to worry about finding people in your location right on your schedule um so definitely take advantage of that. I would I want to echo what Graybeard said. Don't stay in a situation that makes you uncomfortable. If you're getting a bad vibe from someone, if uh, for example they seem to be taking a lot of what you say out of context and thinking that that's somehow proving their point, and, and you're just getting frustrated when you you say, "Hey, please stop that," and they just keep doing it because they can, um, don't come back. Right. You, you. It's better, I think, for the universe if you can say, "I'm not coming back because." But you don't have to. You can just say, you know, I just don't want to come back. Nothing, you know, I, I don't want to go into the whys. I'm just choosing not to come back. I hope you all have a great game. Yeah. Um, go ahead. That all, that all plays into like session zero X cards and, and all that safety tools that are out there for gaming too. So that'll, that that definitely, there there's definitely, there's a group out there for you. Uh, trust me on that one. I also think that builds on the ways to know you have a good group is that session zero. If a group says yeah. we're going to start playing on Monday and everyone should show up with a third level character and this is going to be a 16 week campaign, I would be nervous if the plan <laughs> is to start the adventure on Monday. Now, if there's yeah. a, a one shot Monday, be here at seven o'clock, we're going to play a game, bring your own third level character. I wouldn't be so worried because you probably won't have the attachments 
right. and the depth right. of character that's going to create that awkward situation. We're like, is is he really doing that to her mm. in the back room? Is our rogue actually? We misunderstood him, right? Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't usually happen in a one shot. Um, but session zero is where you find out that this is on the table or off the table. And, and that's a really, that's a, a sign of a, someone who's probably going to care about you as a player and okay. wanting to make sure you're having a good time with the game. Um, yeah. so definitely be looking for that. Um, other tips, I think the last, um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, what was the, what was the first question again? I wanted to make sure that there wasn't like a second part of the first question that we. Oh, we things that over. we should add to D and D. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We can do a whole show on we that. We could one. totally let's, do a whole let's, show let's, on let's that. Let's get back on that. Um, yeah, I, I will say, I once I started playing online, I, I, I don't even with even with my 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 social group of you know guys I've been playing with for thirty years. I I don't think we'll go back to everybody coming over on a Saturday night. We might only do that like once a month. Yeah. Where the other three weeks out of the month on Saturday night, we'll just we'll just telecommute and and play because it it's so much. I went from being frustrated and playing like once a month to playing like six games, six or seven games a week. You know. Um, it is a lot a easier there. when you can just like, I can tell my wife, I have a game at six o'clock. I'm going downstairs at five 30 to get ready. As mm -hmm. opposed to I'm leaving the house at four 30 to be sure mm -hmm. I get to the game store with enough time in case traffic is bad to get set up. Yeah. Um, even as the dungeon master for the online games, my setup time is still relatively short compared to what it would be like in person. If I was going to create, bring all the maps and, um, the other tip I would give during the game itself while you're playing is to remember that on a Zoom call, especially if they have a large group, um, I cap my games at four players. That's my ideal number because I feel like anything past that it becomes hard to talk with each other. And it's, it is a real challenge, I think, um, in any, uh, any virtual group of more than five to take turns well. Right. Because you have to remember that on a Zoom call, there is a fraction of a second difference between the perception that it's your turn to participate and the fact that you've initiated your turn. And and I don't mean like, you like your combat round, but I mean your turn to talk. Yeah. Um, and what often happens is two people will talk over each other very quickly because they've both picked up from a third person. They're done. It's potentially my turn. And they'll both jump in yeah. and sometimes they'll both stop at the same time. And sometimes they'll assume because in social conversation, if two people start talking at the same time, one person generally stops to let the other person keep going. And they kind of file their thought away to bring up in a moment. Um, if both people assume that's going to be the other person, cause there's no good visual cue, you get these really weird moments. So kind of like my tip tip, is file that in your brain to be thinking about the challenges of that half second delay. And if you feel like you're not getting a chance to talk, to say something, to raise your hand, Lit literally raise your hand in the Zoom call to get people's visual attention and say, hey, nothing personal. I feel like I haven't had a chance to talk yet. Here's what I would like to add um, uh, and bring it up to it your DM. 
a very good statement that that I have a tendency to use all the time is the the while they were doing that, I and, you know, because it it really you are then inputting to the story. Your character has agency and, um, you know, it's never a bad thing to do this too. Uh, LB will remember when we first started playing and stuff, uh, some of the groups we were in and things, I, I would I would go, hey, uh, I think LB had something she was going to get at. So, you know, if you see someone like oh, want to say something and then yep. they kind of get bulldozed, uh, you know, like Lantern saying, it's not a bad thing to call them out or, or say something. And if you have a good DM, they'll be watching for those, those bits and bobs and try to get back to you. Um, I also would, would say the four players and a DM is, is the, the absolute best uh, slot for stage time, first time in the spotlight and everything. Once you had that fifth player, it really in a three hour session, it really gets there's a lot of time where you're you're off stage where it it really can be complicated the mm-hmm. the four players in a dm seems to be industry standard um <laughs> it definitely is one that's i i have found very comfortable um i i used to run a game with six people at the six players at the table and mm-hmm. i felt like i was okay at a physical table um yeah. i think virtually it's a lot harder but i also think virtually I see more when my players are back, you know, are just background until they want to jump in. Um, it's it's more noticeable when you have the one quiet player online, and maybe yeah. that's cool. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm 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 fine being the dude. I, I want to be the rogue. I'm only going to talk when something really interesting happens. <laughs> um, otherwise, I'm just along for the ride. That's fine, but just mm. you know, kind of play to it. So there's that. I think we might flag the because we've talked about games that are not D and D. Mm-hmm. I love the first question you brought to us, Nerdrock, about um, aspects of other TTRPGs that we could add to D&D. We might actually use that next week as the topic of mm-hmm. the week because there's so much there we could bring in. A lot of mechanics from other games that we really love that could we could think about how to work into D&D mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they'll make their way into D&D 6th edition. Because we, we know that Watsy, you know, someone there downloads this podcast. Of course. Duh. No, we don't, but we hope. <laughs> we hope. So what have you got going this week? What are your what, what are your accomplishments? Accomplish, accomplishments. Take two. Hang on. Let me have a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It always helps. <laughs> what are your accomplishments from week past and your favorite okay. upcoming <clears throat> thoughts for the week coming? So we are over on Indoor Adventures. We are in uh, like a couple week hiatus because we're between games. We wrapped up our masks um, uh, game and we're moving into City of Mist. Uh, we're, we're going to take our Monster Noir, which we've been playing once a month, and we're going to make it a weekly for like 10 sessions. Um, and uh, it's a new game that I I'm the only one I think who's who's touched or played it. I'll be running it. It'll be in our Monster Noir world with some of the Monster Noir characters we've used over the past couple of years. Um, so that that'll be coming up in two weeks. So I don't have that now. Um, but the uh, other thing that I have going on that's um, uh, streaming is my Sunday morning show. We've been playing Wilder Myth. 
Yes, I checked and some of that out. That game, I adore that game. It's so good. It's 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 got this beautiful art style and this simplistic stuff going on. It's got cards and 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 different characters and stats and choices and amazing story. And it's all like uh, uh, generated by itself um, and uh procedurally generated is the the term i'm looking for uh great uh great game um that's sunday morning 10 a.m eastern standard time and uh i get to play with a lot more toys and things when we uh play that you know and so i even got (laughs) i even got everybody's weapons now including the wizard's staff and uh the the warrior's mace uh so it's it's a cute little game and that's what we're doing on sundays and then i'm back here on tuesday for some more podcasty goodness sweet well this this weekend being the fourth of july uh weekend or independence day in america um i actually ran the i pitched it i i conceived it at the beginning of happy hour last week i pitched it Mm -hmm. during happy hour last week we ran it on Saturday, I had the Raven Armed, who is an amazing content creator. He just made Twitch partner, um, was one of the players. And, and he, shockingly, he had his mods visiting for the weekend. They had a, a house party for the weekend. They took time nice. out to play, which was really fun. And it wasn't, it was more of a, a role-playing history experience than I would call a, hist- a role-playing game. But yeah. I thought it was fun. All the players thought it was a good time. They they did indeed save the union. Um <laughs> And by by being in the by, by ensuring that Chamberlain ordered the bayonet charge on the second day of the battle, ah, um, he, he was he was the ultimate target, um, right. which was kind of fun. It was kind of a neat Easter egg. I had a great time running it. Um, and then this coming week, we're going to be back. Uh, Candle Keep's going to continue. They're working mm. their way through Shemshime's bedtime rhyme. And um, they're having a, they, they they it was fun last week because the whole point of it is that there's this this bedtime rhyme that is itself a a virus. Mm. When you start singing it, everyone around you starts singing it. <laughs> and I didn't mean to do this, but as they were being escorted into this area they were going to be staying in in, in Candlekeep, I mentioned that the head sage was was humming under her breath. <laughs> and sure enough, one of the players goes, I'm going to grab myself a book to read. I'm just going to pick this one. I'll follow along. And she just instinctively starts humming along <laughs> without me having to say anything <laughs> um, and so they're they're having a blast with that curse of strahd will be back on sunday mm. um saturday night um i'm running the first of two back-to-back one-shot adventures with um a couple of groups of people that wanted to play D. and rather than like trying to make our schedules work into a regular let's meet every saturday thing we're just doing that right. we're gonna meet for a one-off here and a one-off there and i think in a couple more weeks we'll do another set of one-offs um yeah and I'm excited for it. I still actually am trying to fill one seat at the table. Um, mm. I've got one spot to fill. And I'm trying to, I'm looking at the both weeks and trying to spread the people who said they're interested around and casting's hard. <laughs> but it's fun. And I'm, I'm finally going back to my wells. I'm not writing new content. I'm rerunning some adventures I've run previously with mm-hmm. different people. So right. I'm hoping that turns out really well and saves me a couple of gray hairs. Right, right. Because yeah. it's um, it's been a hoop. I'm really excited for it. It should be a great cast. Um, and so that should be a very fun. And then tonight was supposed to be the first night of family D and D. 
So we'll see what happens. We'll check on the teen here. They were looking a little mm-hmm. bit green after dance. Yeah. So we'll see if we're still playing or not, or if they, they crash. And I have to use one of these many. I was going to say. <laughs> we have board games. If we can't play Dungeons and Dragons tonight, but we're, dang it, we're going to clean off the dining room table and we're going to put a board game on it. <laughs> Period. Dad's Dad's had it. <laughs> Literally. Even if you need a flamethrower or in my kitchen table anyway, it'd be like a flamethrower or a bulldozer to clean off because it's like laptops. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it's, oh, it's everything. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be about half an hour clean off the dining room table before we can use it. But <laughs> here's the other win. We'll have a clean dining room table when we're finished. <laughs> See, exactly. I, that's not an idiot. Mm. So any parting thoughts as we wind down our podcast edition? Um. Uh, not a parting thought, but a honorable mention because you brought up the single player mode. There is this old game and I shouldn't bring it up because it's like a hundred bucks to buy, but it was one of the very first oh, single player board games I'd ever played. It was called Patton's best Ooh. and you were a tank commander and you could role play the, uh, the, the whole campaign of like, you know, through Normandy or market garden or whatever. It's an ancient, ancient game by Avalon's Hills, but I, I've been meaning to mention it every time we bring up single player board games. Um, it's, it, it was a really, really fun game. Uh, awesome. So that's my honorable mention and, uh, mailbag, uh, person, definitely, definitely, definitely get out there, put yourself out there and, and play some games. Amen to that. Um, we welcome more email and feedback to oldtimertavern at gmail.com. Or you can hit us on the Twitters, Landry Noir and Graybeard Tavern. Uh, thank you for downloading this podcast. Um, please consider leaving us a review. And um, it doesn't matter what the review is. Every review helps expose the podcast to more people and helps get the word out, helps people find this content. Um, we appreciate just you being part of our show by, by being part of our family until the next time we, we chat, we'll see you next week and uh, stay safe. Happy hour at the old timer tavern is a proud part of the inverse genius network of content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.